Welcome into Weighing In with Sherry Stoka from Weightless MD and Wellness, WeightlessMD.com. I'm Pete. Sherry, how you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Good to see you. Excited to uh, discuss being healthier and losing weight, which is a topic that a lot of people think about a lot of the time. I've come to realize whether it's body image or anything else, just health in general, people want to know, Sherry, how do I lose weight? Yes, I know the question, especially this year, you know, everybody is on this roller coaster ride and it's it's created some some real challenges for people. So we are we are definitely always trying to get, you know, really good information out there. So today we're going to uh, try to offer a little bit of a different or new perspective on weight loss overall, but we want to remind you this is weighing in. You found us, so make sure you subscribe, make sure you five-star review us wherever you find podcasts, and write nice things if you review us. Nice things only, right, Sherry? Positive reinforcement. Yes, positive. We love the positive community, for all, sure. All about the positive reinforcement. So when I think weight loss, I was telling you before we started today, um, you know, it's been almost two years since we first met, believe it or not. And that was 100 pounds ago and the whole journey ago. It's hard to believe it's been two years. But uh, the reason why I never pursued anything like that beforehand was because I thought I couldn't do it. Long and short of it, or I wouldn't like doing it. Mm -hmm. One of the two things. I thought I couldn't eat anything I would like again. <laughs> and my life would be miserable because I'm eating rice cakes and kale <laughs> and whatever all else. So I guess my attitude was not the greatest coming into it, or at least my perspective was not the greatest. And so I needed a little bit of an attitude adjustment to get started. I would imagine as we're talking about having a different perspective into this, that that might be one of the first things you have to tackle when you meet somebody for the first time and you start talking about where they are in their journey, where they are in the relationship to food, and where they are in relationship with their weight. Yes, absolutely. Because most people that come to us are pretty sick, and there's multiple things going on. And so we have to help them understand that the journey is not a three-week program, nor is it a six-week program or a nine-week program. The journey starts, it can start there, but it, it continues. So we oftentimes have to kind of get people in that mental state of, yes, you will need to make changes. The changes are not a death sentence by any means. And, <laughs> and you and I talk about this all the time because right. people really do think that losing weight and keeping it off it means that you have to eat really Un, untasteful, untasty. What is the right word? Just horrible, bland, bland yeah. foods for the rest of your life. And that really could not be further from the truth. So, so really digging deeper into like individual needs and trying to uncover, you know, that the mental, the current mental state. As we talk about these things, little memories pop up in our conversations, because I think I asked you one time, I forgot what or another other uh, vegetable I was eating, probably broccoli. And I says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spice it up with this, that, or the other thing, kind of looking and you go, okay. I'm like, wait, I, I can put like salt and pepper and spices yes. and it can taste good. Wait a minute. Yes. What's up with that? Yes, I know. And I, and I still remember that. And by the way, you said two years ago when we met, 
Um, Pretty close to the day almost. Yeah, exactly. So you lost, so you maintained a hundred pound loss in one year. So you lost a hundred in your first year Mm -hmm. and maintained your second year. And that is, that is our goal at Weight Loss MD. We need to change the way people think about weight loss because um, number one, it doesn't have to be torture, right? Mm-hmm, right. And number two, it just it just requires a, a little more of an open mind and the willingness to make those small changes. Right. I don't want to get too far ahead of, of it all, but uh, completely different in those two years because now it's like lean mass and building muscle and I know. going to the gym and doing all those crazy things. And when I started, it's like, so I got to eat what? <laughs> I got to do what? Now? I know you're like the guinea pig. You're like the <laughs> test bunny. We we like we just like plug like plug in what we want you to do and you just you just do it. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of it because the whole going <laughs> to the gym thing took a long time right. and some opportunities, but we got there. We yeah. got there. Again, it wasn't in 3 weeks. No, There's I mean no way and, I but I think that's that such way. a huge point because I was just telling somebody the other day that um it took me a really long time to um, journal habitually. You know, I always thought about it. I'm like, I know it's so good for you and, you know, your mental state and really releasing things and, and, and learning things about yourself. And it took me a long time for it to come, become a habit. So I think that's for you too. exercise. When you were ready for it, your, your mind brought you there and, and now it's just become a habit for you. Well, the way it works for me personally is I have to think about it for a long time. And then I look for an opportunity. And when those two things come together, it worked out really well. Exactly. Which is the same way my weight loss journey worked because, you know, again, I was, I've talked about it before in one context or another, pretty skeptical Mm -hmm. that any of it was going to work and I could do anything besides what I was doing. But a lot of that reflecting back was just me. And my bad exactly. attitude about about most things. So yeah, well, you didn't show that part that you know. Not so much once much. I started with you, but before, before that, yeah. before that, it was. It yeah, really was. yeah, I can imagine what you were thinking after some of the sessions that we had, but it was <laughs> you know because it was it was it was drastic changes. But the key is, and again, for people to understand, is these are not changes that are drastic. hundred, You're not making 100% of your changes after one week. I mean, these are small, gradual things that just become easier over time. And some of that, we talked talking about you know, maybe the attitude adjustment or having a different perspective on this was, I thought it was going to be, I mentioned it before, just the, the bland health food. And I was never going to, never have any fun again. But, you know, we changed the perspective on that because we said, all right, let's set realistic goals for things like dessert. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? We couldn't, we didn't toss it out completely. We said, let's figure out how we're going to do this and make it work. And so when you have that kind of structure, it made it pretty easy. And that was something I never, ever would have considered before I started. It was always, oh, there's donuts on the counter at work. I have to go eat three of those. Right, <laughs> so, right. So, and again, some of that just was, my attitude towards it. It was there. No one can stop me. I'm going to do it. Right. Which I guess brings me to that personal responsibility part of things. So if somebody comes to you and says, I want to look like the person on TV. I want to have a hot bod, Sherry Stoka. Right. Is that the right perspective to start with coming in? Well, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. So, you know, being realistic is definitely part of that process. And, and really not only digging deep into 
you know, what you, what you really want, but obviously the key is what you're willing to do to get there. Because I think most people by now know that there's no magic bullet. There's no magic pill. There are different strategies and different techniques for sure. But, but it is, it's like anything else. It's like being an athlete. It's like being a surgeon. It's, it's the practice and the hard work and the dedication that gets you results. And the want to, which is why I bring up like the smoking hot bod motivation. That's not going to stick for very long. No, no, no. And, and that's why we, we always are making sure that people are taking time to self-reflect, you know, really what is sustainable. And the cool thing is, is what I'm realizing in working with people is they, they recognize that, you know, you can be 230 pounds and people come in and say, I want to lose 25 pounds and I'm good there because I know I can stay there. And, and that's, and that's okay. Right. Because they can still be a healthy, a healthy weight and not, and not be the ideal BMI Mm -hmm. per se. Right, right. Well, and then we talked about numbers, I think, before. We, and one or another context on, they're different for everybody, and you can interpret them differently as we're learning. In oh, the year yeah. 2020, numbers can mean a whole lot of different things depending on how you look at them. Oh, yeah. So there is the, the personal responsibility. Let's call that maybe the nurture or the nature part of it, but there's the nurture part of it, too. It's not just lift yourself by your bootstraps, tighten the screws, and do it. I mean, we're complicated beings as humans, right? There's a lot going on between our ears and behind our eyes that we have to work through. Oh yeah. I mean, that is like such a obsession of mine and it always has been. I just have always been interested in like the human body, not only just how we got here. I mean, because if you think about it, it's a little crazy, right? A little bit. And, and now it's, 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 it will never be clear because we will always, there will always be some type of mystery, but, um, the, the, best part of all that is really trying to figure out how all of those pieces come together. And we talk about the gut a lot. And the gut and the brain are like this massive communication system that are constantly really working off of one another. They're driving hormones. They're driving our genetic expression. They're driving our metabolism. So we are not, I always tell people if you were actually, you could be close to being a robot because you are probably, (laughs) I, I literally feel like I could plug something in and you would do it. But most people don't work like that. We're human. Sure. Sure. And so that's why we look at all of the pieces that, that come into to play. So we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but how the brain works, the lower brain, like the more animal aspect and the higher brain, the more emotional aspect. Yes. And the, and the war between those two things, because the more animal side says one thing, but the emotional side says, I want to eat those 12 donuts. I had a hard day today and I deserve it. So I would imagine that's the battle. And then you throw in the gut, which is a whole nother brain that yeah. you have to deal with. And you're getting pulled in all kinds of different directions. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a two way street, the gut and the brain and if you're, you know, it's kind of one of those things where the uncertain uncertainty is, is it the chicken or the egg, right? Right. And is it because the gut is so compromised that now the brain is compromised or did it start in the brain and now the gut? And, and we definitely know there is that, that constant, constant communication. So, you know, 
even just with, with weight loss is one thing. I mean, it drives the brain drives how your body burns energy, right? right. The gut also drives that. Um, but taking that a step further to all of these different chronic illnesses, I mean, Alzheimer's, you have dementia, you have autism. I mean, those are gut issues. And so, so again, the complexities of the human body, not saying that we have to, you know, solve all those problems, but we do, we do have to dig deeper into some foundationally, you know, root issues with people because, Lowering calories and telling them to exercise more is often a very short-term fix. Right. And again, we might get off and rolling with that, but it's not going to last for very long. And you're going to hit that plateau. You're going to hit that wall. And that's where the emotional part of things come in because we tell ourselves things and we believe them. I'm a big believer that our emotions, whether they're positive or negative, most of the time lie to you or don't tell you the whole truth either way. So you say I'm, I'm like a machine. I'm not. Trust me, I got the emotions. But I know most of the time, as whatever you're feeling, and feeling is good mm-hmm. or bad, depending on the feeling, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's part of who we are, but it's just not telling you the whole story. And I feel like people work on that emotional level 99% of the time and never get to that lower brain, yeah. non, or more rational part of things. Yeah. And that really can be a big hurdle as you're dealing with emotional attachments to food. You know, the way we've coped with it for so many years, for most of our lives, for a lot of us. It's huge. It's just food, you know, food has become that that evil part of your life, just like other things um, for for some people, you know, a lot of it is the food. And when you when you talk about the, you know, the emotional aspect and and I think I think a big problem comes in when when we we feed on those negative emotions so if food is is the problem and you know it's the problem and you keep fixating and thinking about the problem well it's never going to go away whereas that's where again another practice is retraining when those emotions come in I mean you have to switch those thoughts and you have to switch those thoughts into what can you do when you are hearing that because we are we are challenged every day with different decisions and until we can have a mechanism where we're quickly altering the way we react I mean that is such a huge part of change Again, going back to my own experience, I think a lot of it was the uh, emotional justification. So I'm going to overeat and then I'm going to continue to do it because, and whatever you're just, you're stressed or you're busy at work or X, Y, and Z thing happened to you or I'm dealing with this. And, and that's still one of those things I have to think about. Now I do better with it because, you know, I've been working on this for a while now. Mm-hmm. But when I talk, you know, like an attitude adjustment I needed was, well, I'm going to go through the drive-thru. I'm going to order all of this, and then I'm going to eat three desserts because I got up early today, darn it, and I work hard, and I deserve right, it. Right. Well, you're just, yeah. you're just compounding, feeling terrible, mm-hmm. and maybe compounding that later, saying, I'm going to do it again because I felt terrible today, so this will make me feel better, mm-hmm. and continuing in that cycle, that negative cycle. And I would imagine as, you, as people continue through their journeys, that's one of the things you have to work to break is that that cycle that people go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's many different techniques for that, but I would, I would, you know, I would ask you because you obviously been, you've been through those specific situations and, and I know at the, at, 
you know, at first it was more you, maybe you were relying more on like willpower. I can do this. I can, you know, follow this plan. But over time, this was self, this was self-talk. This was you creating change in your thoughts. So maybe you can shed some light on like, was, did you feel that there was some type of switch that you went through because you enjoy food, you still are, you know, not, well, your goal is not to lose anymore. You're maintaining now, Sure, but it's not miserable for you. My goal is lean mass now all the way. Yeah. Build that muscle up. Yeah. Now you're exercising. So <laughs> you it's like, it's a little different. Yeah. The whole, you're constantly changing that, man, that mentality. And then that's like almost another cycle to go through going from thinking about in terms of weight loss. And yes, the calorie deficiency part is, is a big part of that to now building lean mass and say, no, now you got to feed the beast, but feed the beast, the right things. Right. So that's, that's been a whole nother, I won't say it's a struggle. It's just a learning process. Um, but, but getting back to my very early days, I was afraid to fail. And so when you're afraid to fail, you, you tend maybe to, towards the more drastic and you can only do that for so long. And I think I did it for longer, maybe than most did it for a few months Mm -hmm. before we had the healthy fats conversation. I go, Oh, I don't, I don't have to be hungry. (laughs) I can eat foods that satisfy. And it starts to expand horizons. It took a while. To right. get beyond just the ve- veggies are good, to kind of move beyond just the chicken breast. There's other things out there. Yep. So, so it was really getting beyond that. On the one hand, I'm going to do whatever I want. To the other hand, everything's going to make me fat. And right. now we got to find that happy medium, the healthy relationship with food, right? Which really took some time to learn. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like a big part of that was just education. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we sat down and. And, and, and I, I'm not quoting you because maybe, maybe this is not exactly how it went, <laughs> but when you, you had lemonade, you bought lemonade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. And I think you, did you think that that was a healthier choice? So I took, I just grabbed it absentmindedly. Okay. And we, I was eating lunch. Um, this was a Saturday afternoon because this is a lunch that I had my entire life. And it's not an entirely unhealthy one. It's just, it was a soup. It was a box-based soup and it had some minute rice and it was not a ton of calories or carbs or anything. Not much to it come to think of it, but I would always drink lemonade with it. And so I just went to the fridge and I grabbed it without really even thinking. And we had had the nutritional facts conversation prior to that. Right. But it just kind of absentmindedly. So I got about halfway through it and I says, oh, got to look at the nutrition facts. It's lemonade. How bad can it be? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like 30 something grams of added sugar mm-hmm. in the whole thing. And I went, well, I can't drink that, <laughs> that anymore. Have you ever taken eight <laughs> teaspoons and poured it in a glass? So you're talking to the kid who ate a whole thing of sugar cubes as a kid. So yeah. that's about right up there, right up there with that. But that was such a huge part of the learning for you because when people look at the label, that 30 grams means nothing to, to most people. They, they, can't, they can't take that information and practically, in a practical way, use it. But mm-hmm. until like... We, we looked at a candy bar, we looked at a, a, a Coke, it, there was no difference. Right. So uh, when you know this, now it now it's like, okay, now that makes sense. Now I can, the change makes sense to me. Well, and again, it was the, the I think the number you put was like, it sh- added sugar should be like five grams or under or something you know, around that neighborhood, Yeah. which most things, even things marketed as healthy, this is a different podcast, but I mean, just blows that out of the water. It's very difficult 
just in a lot of the processed foods to find anything under that number, that was an earth shattering. And that's still my rule of thumb yeah. a lot of times. Now, there are days where I want the ice cream. It's happening. <laughs> added and sugar. Be darned. Yeah. Right. But that's part of the healthy attitude of food. Yeah. Yeah. Just like with the intermittent fasting, which was another big milestone for me because I'd heard about it. It was stuck in my brain and I had, was skeptical about it, but I started to work it in and it just worked so well. Yep. Don't do it every day. But like on a day like today, it just it just works really well. Right. It's a practical thing. So. And, and again, understanding why intermittent fasting was so important because, again, it wasn't just for the weight loss. It was for so many other benefits that we were trying to accomplish. And so that piece, the educational piece, um, and, again, just a huge passion of mine is helping people. You know, I'm fine if you make a decision. Like I always tell you, I'm fine if you go to Taco Bell. I hope because you, are. <laughs> you because you know you know you're you have you're you're making that decision with an informed consent right exactly. you right, right. you know that it's not the right one but it's it's okay you've made that decision you're going to you know regroup and do something different and some of that comes with time too i mean i had it i had it for lunch yesterday but you know to be honest with you that was my big meal of the day right and yeah, I don't usually fast on Sunday, but it worked out that way I did. Right. And I was hungry, and I said, I'm going to do this. And you know, to be honest with you, I had a light dinner, but I didn't go right back through the drive-thru again at night. Right. In fact, that whole idea was kind of like, right. <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. What do I have in the fridge, which is a whole other podcast, something healthy right. on hand. And so oh, that, that made it very, very one. easy. Yeah. The shopping cart. You exactly. and I are going into the grocery store, I'm telling you. I, just to look around and... Um, see how people are, are, are shopping and, and cooking for their families. Oh man. Well, we, I have a friend who always says the periphery of the store, you know, yeah. stay and stay a, a, to the, uh, the edges, yeah. the produce, the, the, the back wall and usually the far walls liquor, but that's another podcast for another it, time. Right. And well, yeah, yeah, that's, that is another one. <laughs> but I would imagine when you're talking about having an attitude adjustment for maybe that's more of a negative phrase, but I would imagine people, for me, it was not a big deal because I'm not a big drinker. Mm -hmm. Just not, sugar and food was always my vice, not alcohol. But I would imagine, because that has calories and sugar and everything else, that's an adjustment for a lot of people too. So their, their relationship yeah. with alcohol. Well, yeah, especially you're hearing what you're hearing now, you know, people at home and I think the liquor sales have like quadrupled in mm -hmm. the last year. So, so that's, yeah, that's a, a problem because it's again, not something that j people just turn off, you know, now it's like, okay, now that has become almost like a long-term problem. This is my crutch. Yeah. This is whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dependency can be a whole lot of different things. And again, you know, talk about caffeine. Talk about, again, one of the things I felt very lucky is I could drink black coffee. Yeah. No problem. My last 30 pounds. But I pounds, hope you're not drinking the Folgers still. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last 30 pounds was going through the drive-thru and getting a white chocolate mocha with whipped cream and God knows what, <laughs> what all else in there. Yes. And I was, I mean, I was 280 before I started, started doing that. I was 308 when I started here. That was yeah. my last 38 pounds. Yeah. That's thinking back was my big habit changer in the last few years. And again, it, when we drink the calories, I don't think we realize how many we drink mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And it's wor it's almost worse than food mm -hmm. because it is so it's absor the absorption rate is so quick. The blood sugars, the insulin, 
it's yeah it's kind of a disaster because then i would eat something with it too yeah so think of that big influx of sugar and calories and most of us don't live of you know we're not getting enough sleep anyway that's always an ongoing struggle so so there was a lot that goes into changing the mentality as we're thinking about thinking differently Mm -hmm. about weight loss it's not just rice cakes and kale yeah, Maybe it you is. should put that on a t-shirt. It is not. I know, and it's not the quick diets. It's just, and people know this. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the marketing strategies, we're still trying to get people to go on these short-term juicing cleanses and all of this stuff, and we're not, edu- It's it comes down to the educational piece too. It's just so important. Well, I remember those, as a kid, seeing those cleanses in the store, and I was always a big kid, and you know, when you're young, you think, oh, quick fix. I can lose whatever in a weekend drinking that. I remember asking my dad, how does that work? And it's a family podcast, so I want to explain how it works. But I go, <laughs> that doesn't sound very pleasant or yeah. healthy. And no, of course it's not. I yeah. mean, there are there are ways to do this and to do this right. Because if you, I was watching a documentary. And in fact, I've been meaning to send you the link if I can find it, because your overall reaction would interest me on okay. this documentary on weight loss. I won't go too far into it. But the bottom line is, is they had somebody on who was on a weight loss reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he gained it all back. Mm-hmm. And their thesis was, well, you can't do it, shouldn't try because it's genetic. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and study how he did it, it was not a sustainable way mm-hmm. of losing 150 pounds or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine getting that to that sustainable level, whatever that is. For some people, it's 25 pounds. For some people, it's more. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I got in the groove and it, you know, I was, I was doing like 15 weeks in a row or something where the weight came off mm-hmm. and stayed and yeah. stayed off. So I, I would imagine that that's another big thing. You have to do the little attitude adjustment on a sustainability for whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. whatever program you start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you know, going back to what we were talking about, it's, it's like if your goal is to look like that bodybuilder, but you know there's no way in hell that's sustainable, well then that shouldn't be your goal. And so it's it's always it's always about um, kind of regrouping too on your goals because your body changes so drastically when you lose weight. You want to make sure you're losing the right stuff because I tell people all the time, you know, we do that in-body composition that you do every single month, which is so um, it's such a big part of even, you know, your progress. If you lose 10 pounds in a, in a month or in a week and five of it was muscle, that's not a successful loss. Right. That puts you at a disadvantage. So you have to be very smart at how you, how you lose weight. And, and so that's why we are developing our own programs all the time because we know how to access that abnormal fat, not the normal fat reserves, not the muscle, but the abnormal stuff that the body does, is resistant to burning. You know, I was watching in this documentary, they had one part of it about sumo wrestlers, which they're big dudes. They're 700 pounds. You know, they're mm-hmm. out there. And, but they exercise something like six or seven hours a day. They train. And their visceral fat levels were relatively low for really? people their size. But the minute they got off the exercise regimen, it all moved in. And it was all visceral fat at that point. So, so there are a lot of different ways you can manipulate these things. But getting back to the, the main guy in the documentary, he said that the, he would get back, he got back to his normal life and he would just sit at his desk and be hungry. 
mm-hmm. and he gained all the weight back because he just snack. And I remember thinking, did nobody tell him how to cope right. with sitting there and being hungry? It is so basic, and I think that's another thing that we got to kind of change our perspective on. It's not about sitting there and being hungry and just resisting eating constantly. No, that, that won't last that long. It's not going to do, do anything for you. Yeah. No, I, t- I say that all the time. I'm like, if you rely on willpower, it's, it's a disaster waiting to happen. So it is, it is the, the coaching and the things along the way that the learned behaviors that you have to adapt over time. And again, I think the key is, is really that it, do, it is, it does take time. It's a process. I mean, the cool thing is, is that you can lose very quickly. I mean, you can do kind of the short term, but you have to have that long-term plan mm-hmm. and um, bringing all those pieces together. Cause once you kind of get past the first hurdle, it gives you a new perspective. And then all of a sudden now you've overcome a second hurdle and you're like, okay, wait a second here. I think I can do this. And it's just kind of, then it just keeps building off kind of like what, what you went through. I got back that first week for the second weigh in, you know, and four pounds, 304. But you know what? It was four pounds off. And I went, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to work. This yeah. is going to work. Yeah. And then it was like so consistent. <clears throat> right. And then, you just, people just start, they can't even believe how quickly they feel better with such minimal change. The yeah. body responds so yeah. quickly. And lest you think that, that that was the end of fun, it was 15 weeks because then I went on vacation and had plenty of fun. Yep. And I think I put on five pounds, but your records will show three because I already took two off by the time I came in for the next weigh-in. Yeah, and, it was probably all know, the margaritas yeah, you were six, drinking. And salty <laughs> snack, and pie for breakfast. Yeah. It happened. Not going to lie. It happens good, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the bottom line is, is uh, and if you would ask me six months earlier, I said, well, I'll never do that again. Nope. Did right. it and did not get off track. And I think that's another important thing is we, I always like to leave people at the end with something practical to sink their teeth into, if you're pardon the eating yes. pun on this, is just stay on the track. One bad meal, one screw up. I guess we could call it, Sherry, progress, not perfection. Always yes. getting right back on the right track, not feeling like I made a bad decision and I screwed it up and now it's all over with. I lost all my progress. Right, right. And that's that, that mentality is very common with people. They just... They fall, they make one mistake and then the one mistake they justify into, oh, I can't do it. I'm just going to go back to doing things the way I was, you know. So if people are thinking about it, it's been like, if you're like me, you just roll it around in your brain for a while. You say, it's time. I'm considering this my opportunity, my sign, my signal, whatever it is, way less MD and wellness. People should give you a call and make the appointment. What do they? What should they expect? What's that first visit like? Sure, I mean I know I've done it, but what's that first visit like? Yes, the first visit is that you come in and spend some time with one of our providers. So um, typically that would be a dietitian or our, one of our nurses, and um, you know you're coming and you had already filled out some paperwork, so we have a good idea of what's going on with you, and um, we spend some time really talking about what your goals are. And um, talk a little bit about what we do here, our programs and services, because we do a lot of different things here. And um, we make a recommendation. And then um, if it all is works out, then we move forward and we get you get you started. And, you know, if you think about being on a program, well, if you think about healthcare in general, 
if you get sick and if you have one of these long-term issues, whether it's diabetes or it's heart disease or, I mean, you name it, the hospitals are full of people who've made bad decisions and never been able to get out of them and they get in the cycle and they get a stack of health care bills up, you know. Some, I know some people are going to be paying health care bills the rest of their life. If you think about investing in it now, and, and the, over time, and I know well, the economy and the money's tight or whatever, over time, though, that investment pays off dividends over and over and over again compared to what your medical bills will be if you are, you know, needing some kind of long-term care or whatever it is, multiple hospital stays, rehab, doctor's visits. Absolutely. Transportation. I mean, it boggles the I mind. I mean, you could lose your in- entire... Oh, they nickel and dime everything. Not worth. Yeah. Just by being sick when you get older. And and that's what we really try to help people understand is that the the investment now, the small investment now, I mean, just pays dividends, I mean, in such significant amounts later. And not just in dollars and cents, but in health. Ab- just vitality, know, living a good life, exactly. you know, getting out there, being with family, your grandkids. <laughs> Seeing multiple generations. I hear That's that right. all the time. That's right. From the older That's folks, right. but in a different context. All right, Sherry Stoka, Wayless MD and Wellness, waylessmd.com, an awesome resource. People want to learn more, right? Yes, they can also, our phone number is 262-226-2046. Risk-free consultation, waiting for you on the other end. So make sure you dial it up and uh, follow on all the social medias. Uh, You're on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff with uh, tips and inspiration. Yes. And programs and specials and you name it. Yes, always have something new coming out. So um, you definitely want to check that out. All right. This is Weighing In, Sherry Stoka. I am Pete Sarzen. Like us, share us, review us, five-star us, only five-star us. And uh, make sure you subscribe because we'll be podcasting again very soon. Who knows? It might be the next thing up in your queue. You can just keep binging Weighing In with way less MD and wellness. Sherry, stay safe and healthy. I know you will. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you.